Hello, and welcome to the episode of Women in Engineering, success stories from STEM professionals. In this episode, I will be talking with Mariah Schroeder. She's a professional engineer, a senior process engineer at Burns and McDonald about her experiences in a predominantly male industry, communication dynamics in STEM, engagement with students, mentorship, and her recognition with the industry of engineering community. I'm your host, Tiffany Tichi, a senior mechanical engineer, STEM advocate, TEDx international speaker, and an internationally recognized author of children's books, including What Can I Be? STEM Careers from A to Z, a STEM crew adventure series. I also am a host of Read It Right radio show on WDRB Media, owner of Thrive Edge Publishing, and owner publishing consultant of Inspired Authors Publishing. And with that, let's jump right into today's episode. Before we go on here, here's a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Burns and McDonald. A career at Burns and McDonald goes beyond delivering projects. It's about owning outcomes, finding your best fit and making a difference. Right now, Burns and McDonald is hiring engineers, architects, construction, professionals, technologists, scientists, and consultants to design, build, and deliver environmental conscious and socially responsible projects. Explore opportunities across their family of companies by visiting burnsmcd.com slash careers. That's burnsmcd.com slash careers. Burns and McDonald is an equal opportunity employer. Now it's time to jump right into the main segment of our episode. Today, I have with me Mariah Schroeder. Mariah, welcome to the Women in Engineering podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right, let's jump right into it. Can you tell us a bit more about your journey in becoming a senior process engineer and your role at Burns and McDonald? Yeah, so I was always talented in math and science. And so in high, my high school years, I knew I wanted to pursue engineering and I grew up in Indiana. So um, Purdue University was just a couple hours away. And so I started there in the engineering program. And one of the cool things about Purdue's program is that the first year they put everyone together in the same courses and kind of everyone gets their basic calculus and physics and engineering courses together. Um, and you have that time to kind of look and see what programs you might be interested in. And then you apply to the engineering school that you're interested in at the end of your first year. Um, and so that really helped me be solid in my choice and what I wanted to pursue as my degree. And so I chose civil engineering. Um, I was very interested in the environment. And so a lot of courses on air quality and water quality um, and water treatment. And one of my first internships was in indoor air quality. And I love the people that I worked with, um, but I understood the air was not for me. And sometimes that's the that's the beauty of the internship is it tells you what path maybe you shouldn't be going down. Um, and so then I pursued water pretty heavily. And I had two internships in the water sector, uh, one at Burns and McDonald in their St. Louis office, and then one at Burns and McDonald in their Kansas City office. Um, and I loved the facility design. So uh, drinking water treatment processes, wastewater treatment processes, things that are happening inside the fence to make our water safe. And 
I uh, completed a master's degree at Purdue as well. I stayed on and did a non-thesis master's, um, and that really helped me get into the depth of the courses that I needed to be successful in my career. Um, and I've been a process engineer at Burns & Mac for seven years now. And the last uh, year and a half, I've been on a field assignment in Wichita, Kansas, working on a new 120 million gallon per day uh, drinking water treatment plant. Wow. Wow. I love your story. I mean, your your journey. I mean, it's been awesome. And so to see that you, you know, did the undergrad and then you figured out you, you've talked, you know, as far as things that you tapped into with the whole internships, they help you know if you want to or not. I mean, that that is so true. Exactly. <laughs> I can attest to that. And so that is definitely one thing that you are definitely sharing that is important as far as your journey of knowing what you like and what you don't want to do. Yep. Um, and so I definitely want to encourage more as far as that part of what your journey was sharing with that. So you come from a family with a strong educational background. How do you think your family academic achievements have influenced your own pursuit of education and career in engineering? Yeah, so I, when I grew up, you know, education was one of the most important priorities in our house. You know, it was food, shelter, psychological safety and security, and then education. Um, and so my mom um, got her bachelor's and master's at Purdue as well. Um, and so that's a nice tie to have to her. And my dad started some courses at Purdue North Central. Um, that's near uh, my hometown um, and, and didn't finish his degree. And I think that even made it um, you know, more important for him that I complete my degree. Um, and, you know, they just understood that the likelihood of me having financial security and a successful career was was higher if I had a college degree. And so they really prioritized that. Um, and I, you know, I took that I took that very seriously. You know, that was that was my job when I was a, a, a child. You know, I didn't I didn't I didn't work. I, I went to school. And that was um, that was the priority for me. And so that made me, you know, extremely successful in in high school. And when I was in my bachelor's program at Purdue, um, I just knew that 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 was that was my path and that was important to me. Love it. I love it. So when you talk about your bachelor's, let's talk about your master's. I mean, you are a fourth generation female to earn a master's degree. How do you see that impact of each generation's educational achievements shaping your perspective on your own career and education? Yeah, so that is something pretty unique. I feel that my my mother, my grandmother, and my great-grandmother not only have college degrees, but master's degrees. And, you know, it just speaks to, you know, how seriously they took their their education, first of all, but also their independence and their self-reliance. And not everyone can pursue that. Um, you know, my grandmother... Uh, went to night school to get her master's in education, and her parents were providing the childcare during that time. Not everybody has that luxury <laughs> to be able to do that, um, and so you know they had they had the support, and they knew that that was a goal for the family to be highly educated, to be highly highly successful, um, and so my my great grandmother, my grandmother, and my mom are all educators. So I kind of broke, <laughs> broke the mold there uh, with being an engineer, but I think the, I think they're happy about it. Um, <laughs> and so it just, um, it does inspire me to 
stay on the path to to remain independent and and pursue success in my career um knowing that they kind of paved the path for me ahead of time um with you know me understanding that this this is possible i can do this um and it also i would say um left me a bit unprepared in that they you know i had that example and so of course i will be going to college i will be achieving a master's degree i will be a, a successful human and contribute to society and it left me kind of um unaware of some of the underlying discrimination um just discrimination about women in the workplace in general let alone discrimination for women engineers and women in construction. Um, and so that was kind of a shock to me when I started in the workplace. Cause you know, you go through high school, you go through college, you're with your peers. They don't know any different. They're looking at you for answers. You know, the, the males in my class are asking me for homework help and that's just the reality. Um, and, you know, as you get into the workplace, these things just kind of hit me that, you know, this is the reality of the career path that I chose, you know, everything that I understood to be possible for myself may not be possible due to the underlying discrimination that's occurring. Wow. Well, I was just going to go with it. And I love how you <laughs> said, you know, we talked about the master's degree. I actually, my mom's like, go get your master's degree. You know, I love how you said you continued on. I did this, did the same thing. The nine things that she, like she encouraged, she had her master's degree too. So it's encouraging that our family, you know, that our mothers <laughs> and um, your grandma and fourth, your fourth generation that you were an example and that they encouraged us as well. So I, yeah. I can attest to that experience. And it's amazing to have that, that support. And now let's talk about that field of traditionally not, you know, the dominated field with men, <laughs> you know, yeah. as a woman in the field of traditionally dominated by men, how do you feel, you know, or view the role of women as communicators, teammates, problem solvers in the engineering and construction industry? Yeah. So engineering being more male dominated, construction being more male dominated. You know, I, I have the double whammy out here. I'm a field engineer on a construction site and I am very talented at my job. I have a lot of strengths that apply directly to the job that I'm doing out here, which is a lot of coordination with the contractors, interpreting design drawings and specifications, uh, coordinating with vendors and manufacturers, and just generally working together as a team. We have about 50 individuals that are on the management team out here because this is a $500 million project. There's a lot of coordination that has to occur, a lot of problem solving, a lot of um, kind of conflict resolution that needs to occur. And those are all things that I'm I'm very talented in. And traditionally, what what women are more talented in, um, that communication piece, that um, problem solving, offering solutions to an issue that might that might come up, and problem solving really that's that's all a job is at the ba at the base basics of it, right? There's a a problem, an issue, a opportunity, a program, and you're working to find the best solution. Um, and you know also persistence, making sure that things that are supposed to get done are getting done. And, you know, really women are so talented at all of those things. I mean, a lot of people are, but women, especially all of those pieces and those strengths are so critical to the engineering profession and construction. 
That's it. We are powerful as women, especially women in engineering in these male-dominated fields. So I love how you shared that. Now, you talked about communication. There's a mention of psychogeometrics and the concept of square, triangle, circle, and squiggle communication styles. How have you seen these styles play out in the STEM field? And how can understanding them benefit professionals in engineering and construction? Yeah, so this concept of psychogeometrics, I, I really love and I share it a lot with a lot of the college courses, classes that I talk to. Um, it was developed in the late 70s by Dr. Susan Dellinger, and it essentially was categorizing different types of communication styles. And so she uses shapes to convey uh how those styles show up in the workplace. And square is data people. So people that need all of the information to be able to make a decision. They enjoy things regularly scheduled. Um, those types of people, what you might typically consider to be an engineering personality or communication style. A triangle is results people. And so they're going to be the drivers. They take their responsibilities very seriously, and they may also take on others' responsibilities. Um, circles are people, people. And so those are kind of the com conflict resolution folks. Um, they are always wanting to bring others in and make sure that everyone's working in harmony. And then squiggles are idea people. And so they're constantly looking down the line, trying to find the next the next thing, the next project. They're easily excitable. <laughs> and you really need all types of those to make a successful team. And so how I how I speak about it with um, college courses is just can you identify yourself in any of those, or maybe you're a combination of a couple. Um, and then also those that you're working with on your your project teams for your classes. Do you see any of those traits in your teammates? And then, you know, in your internship or in your your role at your, you know, your job, your part-time job, what about your manager? Is your manager more of a square or more of a squiggle that you have to set them down and make direct eye contact to be able to, to discuss something with them? And, you know, it's really applicable in the professional world um, where, you know, how you work with other people best and how you work best. And in the consulting world where I live, you know, all of my teams are multidisciplinary. A lot of them are driven by the process improvements that need to go on. So my scope. Um, and so I have to work with, you know, the electrical engineer to make sure it's powered appropriately and the mechanical engineer to make sure that the, the HVAC in the building is appropriate and the architect and the structural engineer, you know, so many other disciplines that ne I need to work with. And also, typically, when I'm not on a $500 million job, I have six or seven projects that I'm working on, all with a different project manager, all with a different client contact that I'm working with. So anything that I can do to better understand how the people that I'm working with want to work, how they want to be communicated with, and make adjustments so that we can move forward, I'm definitely going to be doing that. And all of this comes from, you know, I am a triangle. so. I'm always driving for those for those results, trying to solve problems. Let's get it moving. And so kind of my outlook on psychogeometrics is is from the perspective of a triangle where what can I do to better work with the folks on my team to move this along? 
Wow. And I could visualize each of those. So it's like great examples and visuals of the different shapes. And it's like, it breaks it down to a way to really understand it. I love that. So I'm what glad- What do you think you are, Tiffany? Probably the triangle. You know, there's been different things as far as disc assessments and similar to that. So it's like that dominant or, so it sounds like a similar setup as far as how you know how to communicate. So when you started saying that, I was like, ooh, I think I'm in that- results driven yeah. piece. Is <laughs> this the D for the assessment? So with the dominant. So as you were saying it, I said, oh yeah, I see myself in that part. Of yep. it. And so uh I love how you was doing that. I love how you broke that down and was able to do that because a lot of people need to know where they stand and then how to work with others because we are thrown in these with teams and we are thrown with different people and everybody has different personalities. And so we need to be aware of how to deal with it. And because you know Bob's in this we, we got to go, but we got to work together. And so exactly, it's Sarah. <laughs> so we got to be able to work together and each of us bring something to the table to get the job done. And so I right. love how you shared that. Now let's go into, you know, dealing with sharing your experiences and actively being involved with K through 12 students and college classes. This is my passion as well. What motivates you to engage with students and how do you communicate the importance of engineering to them? Yeah, so I love working with kiddos. Um, if I, I always say if I wasn't an, an engineer, I would run my own daycare or I would be a photographer. <laughs> um, so I, I love kiddos. I love talking about engineering and STEM with kiddos. Um, it's so important to be visible as a female engineer so that kiddos can see you know, I'm here in your class with my steel toe boots and my high-vis vest and my hard hat. And this is what I wear every day. And this is what I do in my job. Um, just the visibility and, you know, just like your book, what can I be? You can be this. You can be this. This is what an engineer looks like. This is what a construction manager works like, looks like. Um, and, you know, putting it in terms that they can understand in terms of drinking water and wastewater, which is what I focus on, right? So it's kind of hard to discuss, you know, all the chemical processes and the physical processes that are occurring to make dirty water clean, but they understand what, what do you guys think, think happens when you turn on your faucet? Where does that water come from? How about when you flush the toilet? Where does it go? Why does it go there? What happens to it when it gets to the wastewater treatment plant? So um, trying to to make it relatable um, is is important so they understand that these are processes that have to occur to keep our society working and healthy and safe. And there's also all of these other jobs and roles that can happen in between. Um, it's not just... Um, you know, going to an office, you can be working on pipelines, you can be designing pipelines, you can be working on the treatment processes at the treatment plant, you can be a treatment plant operator and work at the facility 24 seven. And so talking about all those different roles, um, in addition to what I do, uh, really helps them understand. I love it. I love it. We've got that in common. I love the kids too. I love the kids <laughs> because yeah. they're the ones you want to, you know, instill in them representation. They got to see some representation. A lot of them don't know about these different careers. They don't know about these right. different engineering. And so right. I love how you have that passion to be able to encourage them. And so let's talk about the mentoring side of things. Let's talk about the mentoring side of things. You've known for freely providing mentorship and support to those coming up in the field. 
How has mentorship played a role in your own career? And why do you believe it's important for the engineering community? Yeah, so mentorship, I think, is a key for any industry, but especially for for engineering, um, because there's a lot of on the job learning. You understand, you know, from your your college degree or degrees, how to think through problems, how to remain persistent in finding a solution to a problem, maybe a little bit of how to work in a team. Um, but a lot of what you need to know to do your job, you learn on the job. Mm-hmm. And having active mentors when you first get get started out and you know, mentors that are patient and um, make you feel that you can be open with things that you don't know. Um, that was so critical for me starting out. And I had quite a few at Burns and McDonald that uh, were so helpful to me and so gracious to me um, in teaching me, you know, how to use the printer <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, you know, how we uh, standardly format our reports that we write. And, you know, even just technical writing as well. Um, you know, a lot of these things you don't just learn in a couple of months and now I'm an engineer. Mm-hmm. It takes years to understand how to operate in a company, how to operate in a team, how to operate, you know, in your profession. And so having those those key mentors um, was so critical for me in, in being comfortable where I am. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... I try to bring up others behind me as well. I'm always looking behind me and saying, who, who's coming up, who's coming up behind me. If I, if I leave on vacation for two weeks, who can I talk to for 15 minutes and they can do my entire job. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I want. I don't, I don't need to hold somebody back. Come on, come on, keep going, keep going ahead of me. That's all right. (laughs) We'll do great. Um, And you know, at the, at the Kansas City office where I uh, am permanently based, there's so many talented engineers that are coming up behind me, male and female. Um, and, you know, if if I'm not doing everything I can to make sure that they're succeeding, I I need to find a different profession because that's that's the key. And, you know, a lot of our a lot of our clients, municipalities and industrial facilities, they're losing a lot of their experienced workforce. And so there's going to be a lot more reliance on um, consulting engineers to fill the gap, I think. Um, and so we all need to be as prepared as possible to to keep solving these problems and to make um, water and wastewater, you know, a safe process. That's it. That's it. You touched a lot on it as far as the importance of mentoring. I would, I would be remiss if I didn't mention sponsorship too. Are you familiar with the whole mentoring versus sponsorship and just having somebody vouch for you while you're in the room? Um, I just want to at least put that out there as well as, you know, mentors advise, but then sponsors, there's somebody in that room that can speak and vouch for you. Um, are you familiar with that and that importance as well with it, as far as, especially with the field that we're in as well? Um, Maybe not. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah, no, it's just making sure because a lot of times we say the mentoring, but then we want to make sure as we go up into the ranks and stuff too, that we have somebody in the room, maybe 
leadership or something so that you can they can say you could do the work and everything too so definitely want to put that out there um, as we share about mentoring but making sure we have somebody who can vouch for you in that room where there's an opportunity as well and so definitely make sure you got mentoring and sponsorship and I love how you've shared and tap into the whole mentoring side of things and how you're yeah. not only just a, you know being mentor but you're being you're also a mentor you're a mentee and a mentor, <laughs> all it was. So I love how you shared that. So let's talk about it, your achievements and accomplishments. You've received several awards, including, I say ASCE, but let's do these acronyms, American Society of Civil Engineers, <laughs> Region 7 Outstanding Young Member, and the STEMI Award. How did, you know, as far as these recognitions inspire you? And what message do you hope they send to others in the engineering community? So I have been very fortunate to be able to spend time um, working with K through 12 STEM programs, working with professional societies and volunteering my time and effort to bettering, you know, civil engineering as a whole, the Kansas City community, community as a whole. And so to achieve, you know, these honors from ASCE and also from Central Exchange, um, is incredibly honor. I feel a lot of honor about that. And it is, you know, satisfying to understand that others see the effort that you're putting in and it's actually making a difference. Um, the, the ASCE award, um, I think was, it was mostly based on a program that I started with, uh, in partnership with the Kansas city STEM Alliance. And so they have a civil and civil engineering and architecture project lead the way course that they organized throughout all of the Kansas city Metro. And so we organized a basically summit day for those kiddos to come and learn about different careers in civil engineering and architecture. And, uh, we had a career fair that had multiple companies, multiple colleges that were there to talk to the students. Um, this was junior senior age. And then in the afternoon, each of the schools that came were bused to different project sites or engineering firms and received a tour and kind of understood what the day-to-day -day would look like. Um, and so that uh, event has now been going on for five years and it has grown, I think over 200 students participated last year. Um, so I'm, I'm incredibly proud of that event. Um, a lot of the other activities that i that I've um, championed. Um, so it, it's just nice to be to be honored um, with with those awards. Yes, well, obviously it's, you're deserving of it and the path that you're showing that you're doing and encouraging. I've heard of Project Lead the Way and that's a great organization. I love that you tapped into that. So what advice would you give to aspiring women engineers or those considering a career in STEM, especially in terms of effective communication and problem solving? If I were to give any advice for someone pursuing um, pursuing engineer engineering, um, I would say um, always ask questions and be persistent. A lot of times, being um, a female engineer can be discouraging, and you have to just constantly keep the pressure on and keep moving forward and be the example for others that are coming up behind you. And so I'm trying to be that example for those that are aspiring female engineers. Um, and so I would just say, you know, ask questions, um, 
be clear and effective in your communication and the your your written communication skills and your verbal communication skills are everything in your career. If you have an idea or a solution to a problem, but you can't communicate it effectively, it's worthless. And so as much as you can be developing those technical skills for engineering, those problem solving skills that you're going to need, but also those communication skills, because they will send you on a rocket in your career. If you're on it. This is, you've been dropping some gems. You've been, I love it. I mean, this it's true. It's so true. Being able to communicate is key in both avenues. And I think that's the way to share that and leave us with that advice. So talk to us, how can people get in touch with you further? If we want to so you can find me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn and my Burns and McDonald email is mgschroeder at burnsmcd.com. Awesome. Awesome. Mariah, it has been a pleasure having you as a guest on the Women in Engineering podcast. Thank you so much for all your great knowledge and experience you shared it with us. Yeah. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss our upcoming episodes featuring interviews with inspiring women engineers, discussions about industry trends, and much more. Go to womenandengineeringpodcast.com where you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, may your engineering endeavors be as remarkable as the women whose stories we're sharing. Stay curious, keep innovating, and engineer a better future.